For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So I can't even remember last time we did a show. I don't know what date it was. I know it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. July 16th. I don't know what the studio. It was July 16th. It was a, it was a solid one month, month ago. July 16th. It was Friday, July 16th. Because Wednesday, I have July never. 20th, I was on a plane to LA and then continuing on to Maui. Um, so yeah, it was July 16th. Ooh, I remember nice. it. But must be nice. Michael, Maui. I, you noticed you were in Maui you know and I'm you still weren't vacationing? You know I'm maniacal Maui. to begin with. You know I don't shut it off. Yeah. You know I don't shut it off. That's because right. I, 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 first of all, we're not even in the business that is conducive to shutting it off. I mean, because nobody, well, here's the good news. Since, you know, you and I are family and our extended right. brother from another audience is family because, you know, you got to be family to put up with us to actually make the decision. You know, you say you can't pick your family. You got to be family if you made a conscious decision to indulge. That's right. Michael Smith and Michael Holland. You did this. Um, you did this to yourself. We don't we don't right. We don't we don't have to lie. So right. the way I'm wired and I think you are as well as as first a, a sports writer and then a, then a host um, is that when you come off vacation, nobody at home listening or watching or even reading as the case may be is like, well, you know, you were under a rock or, or, or you were out of town. So you're forgiven for not knowing what happened or, or not being up to speed or or That's not right. having kept Plus up, know with, everything. you know, current events. So keep up. You got to hit the ground running. Yeah, you got to keep up. Plus with, with, for me, every time I, I, I've never been able to truly quiet my mind and escape. So whenever even if I'm not working, I'm, my, my wheels are still turning. So I guess the gift and a curse. Uh, so it makes me a real awful person to go on vacation with, as my wife will tell you. But I was I just starting to kind of get comfortable at the crib. And then, okay, today hit. So, I, believe I mean, I love you. It's good to see I'm you. Gonna you. I'm, I'm glad you're it's doing good to well. See you too. I appreciate you. But we could be best friends without me having to see you today. I mean, we would still be best friends a week from now is all I'm saying, you know? So yeah. that's all. I'm, well, I, I'm just going to tell you this. So. Yeah, that, you tell know. no, I don't take it. Do, I, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I know you don't. I know you don't look, but I don't believe you because you were in Maui. I've been to Maui. It was years ago. Years, years, long, 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 long time ago, probably, you know, 15 years ago. And I know this. You may not be ready to relax by the time you get to Maui, but you don't leave Maui without relaxing. I know you just got uh, sucked into that atmosphere. I mean, it's just probably the even with the kids. I know what it's like. I know you got three kids. I got three kids. You got three arguing kids. I got three whoa, whoa, arguing whoa, whoa, whoa. kids. I know. Whoa, 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 whoa. I know. Re- respect whoa. humbly, respectfully, respectfully. See, you got ten years on me. Well, nine now. Nine now. Okay. Congratulations. Oh, we had a birthday. Nine. Oh, did we have a birthday? So now that's, the that's math changes. All of a that's sudden. That's how long it's been. Oh, okay. I, I wouldn't. I, I came right. back. I left 41, came back 42. I mean, that's just, 42. that's how long it's been, right? 
Um, now we got 42. Yeah. Um, um, you got a lot of experience on me, except yeah. except in parenting. Because okay. you caught up and had that Jerry Jones, Jimmy Johnson, 90s Cowboys run of three and four years after I had had my first yeah. two. Okay, so okay. there's there is having three kids and there's having two teenagers uh, and taking them on vacation. And as I mm. like to say, when you go on vacation with your family and kids, it's not a vacation. It's a trip. Your parents in remotely your parents in on on location. Okay, except the difference yeah. is everybody have their routines to break them up throughout the day. Y'all stuck with one another. It's, so I was on my Clark Griswold. Now, actually, you were more on your Clark Griswold National Lampoons thing. Since I was. We'll get to your cross country uh, or your or your road trip in a second. Like you did it the old fashioned way. It was a blast. Um, it was fun. It was. I, I, and I, listen, this is a first world problem. I'm, I'm not. I have, listen, man. I am not trying to complain say, about spending ten you days just lost me in Maui. Maui. I just need you. I just I'm need just, you I, I to somehow tell me that how Maui wasn't relaxing. Maui. I need that. Get, help, okay, help I'll tell you. Uh, sure, I'll tell you. When your alarm clock every morning <laughs> is your 15-year-old and your 9-year-old bitching and complaining about sleeping together in a luxury resort and, will you stop touching me? Will you stop touching me? Like, why did she touch me first? Like, it's like that whole thing. Like, you know, it's just like, okay, so that's what I'm waking up to. And then the 15-year-old who is a control every freak, day. I wonder where she gets, I wonder where she gets that from. My 15, my oldest daughter okay. is a control freak. Wonder where she gets that from. Hint, her mama. Okay, control yeah. freak, right? No, no, no. She wants mm. to set the agenda for every day. The nine-year-old is out here trying to compete for the to put it, come for the number one spot. She wants to challenge for the for the authority to decide where we're going all day. My son just like this guy's going this way, this guy's going that way, and this guy's like, what do you want from me? Like, so my son is just like, okay, I, I, you know. Where, where, I just give me my chocolate chip pancakes and I'm good and my shave ice and I'm good, right? So he was more neutral for the most part, but it was constant arguing. I might as well have been in stripes, bro. I mean, the, the Olympics were going on and I was refereeing. It was like gold medal debating and arguing and bickering. How, and then that's before you even get to my wife because well, I'm like, hold why on. are you oh, arguing like, with them? Like, it's like... Well, wait a minute. It sounded like Mason didn't even medal. You said you, it's the medal stand. It sounded like it was a c competition for the gold between Savannah and Maya. And Mason wasn't really. Mason was just and, along for the ride. Sarah. He wasn't really complaining. Here, okay. here and there, he got in every now and then when he felt okay, when he got in the mood. He got, he got know? in. He got because but, okay, all right. Again, first world problem. First world problem. Like praise God. Like I and, I, and actually there is a, a a deeper takeaway that I want to get to in a second. But like I'm in Maui able to uh, bring my kids. I think Walea is where we were. We said at the uh, the Fairmount in uh, Walea, the Fairmont in Walea, I think it was um, awesome. And I know, it, exactly. paradise. I know. Oh, absolute, absolute fantastic paradise. Yeah, absolute paradise. And like you like we ate like kings and queens and princes and princesses. And it was like, but it was just spoiled kids, I guess. And it's like arguing over where we eating breakfast or arguing over which beach we're going to so they can snorkel and swim with tor turtles. It would help if I could swim. Part of it is that I don't swim, can't swim. So I had to live vicariously through them uh, when it came to, the, you know, their snorkeling and this, that, and the other. 
But let me let me let me land this plane, get to the point, get to the larger takeaway. In all seriousness, I mean, I, you I, know, most most fathers I, and parents who are blessed enough as you are to take their family on vacation can relate to what I'm talking about. That it's not relaxing. It's an experience. You make memories, but it's not exactly relaxing. I think I might have relaxed for like five minutes and I was on the last day when my wife and I actually got to sit by the beach and look at the ocean for like five minutes. And that's before you even get into my head when I'm constantly thinking about the company, the show, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, there was a moment though, Michael, um, and then I'll pass it to you for your uh, vacation reflections. There was a moment uh, we were at an amazing seafood restaurant um, that after much discussion, we all settled on going to dinner and we loved it. Um, and Maya, the nine-year-old, she looks at me and she says, uh, just talking about the, the trip to Hawaii in general, she was like, did you ever do stuff like this when you were a kid? I was like, no. As a matter of fact, I didn't. And in that moment, it really hit me. Um, I, I gained something that I've lacked quite a bit over the last few years, uh, if, I, if I could be transparent and I could share. And that was perspective. Um, and I've never been one, just like I'm not one to turn it off. Um, you know, I, I don't just turn it on when the red light comes on. Uh, I'm not one to turn it off. I'm not one to relax. I'm not one to rest. You know, shout out to Nas. Sleep is the cousin of death. Like, I just, I'm always go, go, go. So I'm not one to stop and smell the roses. But it was in that moment, Michael. And then, you know, ensuing moments when I'm standing on, you know, on a beach and I'm, uh, I'm watching my wife and kids swim in the ocean or I'm watching my kids ride the waves on a boogie boards on the beach. Right. And I actually was able to say to myself and it's part of it is, is humility was somebody even call it false humility, but humility. Uh, some of it's just like focus. Uh, some of it just lack of perspective, but I was actually able to say to myself for the first time, Michael, you did all right. You did all right for yourself. Mm -hmm. I said, thank you, God. Yes. And I said, you know what? Yes. You did all right for yourself. Like, this is what success looks like, regardless of whether or not I am where I want to be professionally, regardless of mm. where I thought I would be at this time, regardless of where I was, regardless of the day to day grind, struggle, the things that drive me crazy, the things that stop me from from uh, taking a break. I was able to look and say this life that God has allowed me to provide for my wife and my kids, that is success. Like my wife said, did you enjoy yourself? I was like, I get my joy from watching my kids be happy and, and, and giving them experiences. So That's right. That's it may right. not have been the most relaxing vacation, but it was nonetheless a fulfilling vacation. And with that, Michael Holly, I will pass you to Mike. Fulfilling and impactful, right? I mean, it was, it was impactful. It had the, the impact on you that maybe you weren't even expecting. And of course, like these right. things always work, Mike, uh, through the voice of a nine year old girl, your nine year old daughter yeah. had to <laughs> just that question. Yeah. That question kind, kind yeah. of brings out the big revelation. But hey, hey man, you, you mentioned the Griswolds and we decided we we chose this. We um, <laughs> we decided to drive around the country. There was really no rhyme or reason to our path. It, it really started in the very beginning of the pandemic, you know, March 2020, when school shut down uh, around the around the state and really around the country, school shut down and everybody's going remote and you find yourself uh, being a, a, a stay at home teacher. Uh, all of us, all of us had some uh, experiences with that. And so that was in March of 2020. And Mike, the first time 
we had to pick, we had to drive by their school one day to pick up some of their supplies. That was probably April because a lot of people thought in March that this thing was going to lie. We were all so naive. You remember where you, what you were thinking when you first heard, Hey, a couple weeks away, then we'll be back. Everybody thought they were coming back. So once we figured out that, Hey, this is going to be our reality for the rest of the school year, we had to go by the school and pick up some supplies. This is where the road trip really started. The school is probably two miles from our house. We got into the car. We drove to their school and Mike, they acted like we had driven to Disneyland <laughs> because we hadn't left the house. They were so excited to get into the car, drive to their school. They were like, Ooh, I remember this way. I was like, we only drove two miles. What's wrong with y'all? That was in April yeah. of 2020. By the time we got to July of 2021, I can tell you my kids, my wife, I mean, everybody was so ready just to go somewhere. We would want to go somewhere. So we decided to take a road trip yeah. and we started, we'll go from Boston to Cleveland. So Boston, Cleveland, DC, Atlanta. No, no, Boston, Cleveland, DC, New Orleans, home team, New Orleans to Atlanta, yeah. back to Boston, and back to Boston. Jeez. Yeah. And the, the original plan was to make the to go down, get to New Orleans, uh, ship our car back to Boston, and then fly from New Orleans to Boston. Mm -hmm. On the way, we were having such a good time. We said, hey, why not? Let's just drive the whole thing. Let's just do it. Let's drive the whole thing. Forget about it. We'll, we'll, really? we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take a flight. We'll take a flight another day, another time. We'll bank this. We'll, get, we'll take the credit, and we will drive. Kids were all uh, about it. You know what? You're, you're, they you're, were all you're about better than it, me man. on two levels. Quick, quick interjection. You're better than me on two levels. You're better than me because you decided to drive that far with three kids in the back. I, my nerves yeah. are bad for that. Okay, that's number one. Number two, clearly you <laughs> must be a better parent than I am because my the reason my nerves are too bad for that kind of thing is because my kids could could not like behave and keep the, their hands to themselves for me to drive from. I mean, well, Connecticut listen. for me, but Boston to Cleveland to D.C. to Atlanta to New Orleans. Excuse me to Atlanta. Back up to ball. I mean, like, bro, that's you. And I'm sorry, Man, you need more. You I need a more of a vacation. You needed to extend the vacation more than I do right now. I love to that. drive, though. See, I, I I love to drive. I told you before. Did you I'm drive the whole time? Country. Uh, I drove. Only, only about never drove. 90, you? Eight, eight, no, she did no. Especially because we were we were crazy enough. We left D.C. Went to the African American Museum, which is a story all by itself. Did it's you? A tremendous place. Yeah. Yes. So we left yeah. DC. Oh, go, go. As a matter of fact, when you go, let me know. Did you see your because boy? I'll go. I will Did go. I will go again. Which? Did you see your boy? Which boy? Me. Who? Who's me? my boy? I mean, they might have took me out. Oh, you were in I'm the. Like, I might not. I, was, I might not. You're in the museum. I mean, not in it. Not like in it. Like there's no like monument. There's Ooh. no like you know. I'm not inducted in it. But Whoa. like no, it's like. No, when it, it, it I have it might not might not be there anymore. Don't let, I don't want to get y'all track, but like when they first it's opened it up, there. there were these videos. There were these video there were these videos components that accompanied the exhibits or what have you, and and my me getting my commentary yeah. on various you know displays hey. um, was it is, well is, is all right yeah, well listen I'm not in it you know well next time kind of a part well of next it. time my next man, time we go back Thomas. I need I'm going yeah. again 
I'm going as a matter of fact, not only am I going again, I'm probably going two or three more times. And the next time I go, I'm going to devote like three days just for that museum. I mean, that's that's how incredible it is. And that's how uh, profound uh, that museum is. But we left there. We left D.C. And we said, oh, let's just go straight through because our plan, our our plans got through. We were freestyling, man. We were calling audibles. So uh, the plan was not to go from D.C. straight to New Orleans. It was the plan to go from D.C. to Atlanta, which is long enough. So now let's just go straight to New Orleans and then we'll hit Atlanta on the way back. Where my in-laws, uh, where my in-laws live, and uh, on that trip, I needed a little help. I said, "Oni, just give me a couple hours. Just give me a couple hours. I can refresh, and, and then I can go. I can drive like eight, nine hours without a break. I mean, I really love to do it. And so we uh, we did that thing. Overnight drive, kids slept. We wake up. It's like six, seven o'clock in the morning. I said, "Hey, guys, look at the sign. Welcome to Louisiana." And uh, we go into New Orleans. So it was crazy. Uh, but you know, Mike, how, I'll tell you, I had one of those how moments. Long, how ahead, did you recover from all that? I was going to ask you real quick. How did you recover from it? Because my mistake on the back end was I took two red eyes in two days. Have you ever done that before? I took a red eye from uh, Maui to L.A. And then that night took a red eye from L.A. to Hartford and I was done for the rest of the week. So I'm just wondering how you recover. How long did it take you to recover from vacation? About a day and a half because we got back. Yeah. Uh, we we did another all nighter Atlanta to Boston after we left Atlanta. We just went straight through got into Boston like on a Sunday morning, like around 630. And then just yeah. boom, we were out. We we're all out like the rest of the day. Got right. And then part right. of the next day. And then and then we were able to uh, we were able to bounce back. But I'll tell you, I had one of those moments too, just like you this amazing how it works. When when we went to Cleveland, I just wanted to see my folks. So uh, I, I got family all over and the, the Hall of Fame in Cleveland, right? Oh, no, that was the next and, week. And you did the Hall that of Fame was a, too, right? That was, yeah, but that wasn't part of the road trip. That was like after that. So the, Cle- the Cleveland trip, I had two trips oh, okay. to Ohio for different reasons. Um, but I got family in Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati. I got people in, like all over the state of Ohio. But this is amazing. I told my cousin, who you know is a big fan of yours, told my cousin Keisha. Period. Said, that? Uh, that's right. Yeah. So she, uh, I said, I'm going to be in Cleveland next week or this weekend. She, unbeknownst to me, sent out a text. Spread the word. Cousin Michael is going to be in town. Spread the word. And it turned into a mini family reunion at a park. Word. In Ohio. Yeah. Turn into a mini family here. Right here. Look at all these kids. Look at those kids. That's awesome. So this is just this is just after like a couple of days where these are all my cousins. And these are, you know, you see Ava right there in the purple shirt, Robinson there in the middle in the blue shirt, and Beckham with the hat on behind Ava. And these are all their cousins. Some of them they've never met. And there's my cousin Keisha right there in the middle, uh, holding her newborn son August the newest uh, and then that's her nephew back there holding a baby another newborn and little little twist here this is how good God is her son August was born on the same day that her grandmother who she was very close to was born so it's just like it's it's amazing just how the family just continues to uh, just we, we make connections to the past so we had this family reunion 
and I see folks that I haven't seen in a long time. I wind up seeing a cat from high school, my boy Roger Oliver, who I hadn't seen in like 20 plus years. He shows up. So I have a connection, a, a reunion with him. And then, Mike, I'm telling you, no exaggeration. Pulitzer Prize, New York Times bestseller, like these achievements. I've had some achievements in my career, but the most meaningful to me, and, and I don't even know if the family realizes this. There's my boy, Roger. Uh, man, I haven't seen that brother. I, I saw Mike, I saw him walking up to the park. It was about 50, he was about 50 yards away. I saw him walking up, I said, that's Raj. I can just tell by the way he walked. <laughs> I hadn't seen him in like 20 plus years. I said, that's my man, Raj. And so we were able to uh, uh, catch up and now we've reconnected after years of, of not talking. But out of all the achievements in my career, the most meaningful to me, truly, they surprised me. They gave me a pin. My family gave me a pin, <laughs> a monogram yeah. pin. They said, here, this is something we just want you to know how much we appreciate you. And we want you to know how proud we are of you. And this is just a small token. We know how much you love yeah. to write and how, what writing has done for it? your career. And, and there's a picture of it. There's a picture of it. We got oh, it. Oh, oh, a pin. Oh, 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 a pin or a writing a pin. pin. Pen. Oh, I thought you meant like a like a like the kind like you know like no. a little like a button a like the kind you put on your lapel. I no. was like, where is it? Oh, you meant like a you meant like okay ink pen. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, My, okay. yeah. yeah. And it's just it, you know it's it's just something uh, to see a lot of people who are there and they have no agenda. They love you just because yeah. they love you, and they just want to see you win. And just to just to yeah. spend some time with folks like that. It's it's uh, it's refreshing and every family doesn't have to you think oh well, that's your family. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. But it's not it doesn't always to a lot of people. Like they try to know that <laughs> a lot of people lay right. trying to reunite with their families dog. So that that you're right. That is a blessing. Right. Um, now I know man, it, right. I know it doesn't go down like those, that. Uh, so I'm just thankful. Yeah, no, we both we both had those moments and again all jokes aside, you know, I mean all good humans rooted in truth. Like it was just nice to make. I'm sure the same goes for you. It was just nice to make memories because my kids can't stop talking about how great Hawaii was. I mean, I've been able to take them all over the world or send them all over the world, as the case may be. But they were like, "That's the best vacation we ever had." And so it was really, it meant a lot to me, and it reminded me why I do it. And I'm sure the same can be said for you. It's like why you do what you do. It's it's, it's not, you know, for your own glory necessarily or your own, uh, you know, accomplishment or notoriety or whatever. It's to provide a life for the next generation and the generation to come. So look, speaking of reunions and catching up, um, let's, um, we got, I mean, I, I, I'm torn because, you know, a lot's happened since we were gone. A lot is happening. So let's kind of catch up right. on what, you know, everything that we missed. But I don't want to, you know, like, let's kind of keep it current and keep it looking forward as best we can. So, um, it's football right. season now. When we last left, this is how long it's been since we did a show. It was basketball season. The last time we talked was after game four of the NBA Finals. Not even six, four of the NBA Finals. T tied it's two. football season in this month. Tied it two. It was 2-2 two, two yep. last time we talked, so we got a lot to catch up on. Uh, 
We'll, uh, we'll, we'll take a break, but it, all, it yes, is good to do. see you, man. It's good to see you. Good to talk to you. It's good to be back. Likewise, man. Got plenty to talk about. Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Mike, there it is. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They earned it last year. They were so terrible. They earned the number one pick. Trevor Lawrence. This is what they were playing for or not playing for. And uh, that jokester, Urban Meyer, still hasn't officially named Trevor Lawrence the starter. I don't know what he's waiting for. Like Gardner Minshew is going uh, to give him four wins. Mm. And, and Trevor Lawrence mm. go get him three. Anyway, uh, he mm. played his first game. Justin okay. Fields. Okay. Uh, a little shaky in the beginning, but then he got a couple of touchdowns doing his thing. Lost a fumble early in the game, but he came back and looked like the first round pick that he was uh, for the Chicago Bears. So what I'm telling you is that we not only did we miss uh, the last two games of the NBA Finals, then Trey Lance, you, had, you saw his long touchdown pass uh, and, and making Kyle Shanahan and uh, John Lynch good, look good for going all the way up to number three in the draft. What I'm telling you is these young quarterbacks, we're in that age. These young quarterbacks are doing a thing and I didn't even show you anything from Mac Jones who for my money is the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. He's going to start on September 12th, first game of the year. They haven't announced it, but I'm telling you the best quarterback for the Patriots is Mac Jones, who they drafted uh, number 15. Exactly. Hold on. So, just, just to be clear, just to be clear, because you got be that kind of credibility, is that, is that what you're being told? Is that no. your best educated guess? Or is that one of those, I think, I think, like, wink, nod, like, I'm not saying, but I'm saying type of proclamations, declarations? No, what I, this is, I'm telling you where that's coming from. I have not been told that Mac Jones is the guy. But as okay. I look at Let's Mac check. Jones, as I as I as I look at how he has performed, not just in the preseason game, because you can't just base it on that. How he's looked in preseason, how he's looked in practices, the reps that he's been getting in Patriots practices, they're pretty much splitting. 
Uh, they're splitting the time. And Mac Jones has had a better training camp. Just objectively, he's had a better better training camp than Cam Newton. I think Mac Jones is going to be the starting quarterback next month for game one for the Patriots. I really do. And, and that, that, sure. that leads to right. what they do with Cam Newton because Cam Newton, as you know, has never been a backup in his entire life. I mean, I'm not counting his first year of Florida where he had a transfer. I'm talking about Auburn, Carolina, Patriots, Cam Newton has never been a backup. And I don't think he would be a great backup uh, in New England to rookie Mac Jones. But back, back to the other quarterbacks, I just think, uh, yeah, I just think we're, we're, we're we're in a different position, Mike. I don't know if you see it this way. It wasn't that long ago. You're covering the league, and even after you had you were finished covering uh, the NFL and and got got your hosting gig going, it was it was pretty prevalent for NFL teams to say, "Hey, you can't just throw a young quarterback in there. Give him some time. Maybe give him a year, or give him five or six games." Uh, the, a a oh, veteran back I of mean, five or six games before I throw a guy into there uh, into the starting position. And that I think is, that day that, that is, day is dead. We don't roll like that no more, dog. That day is dead. We and don't roll like I'm that not no sure. More, like, hey. let's start here. Let's start been here. Been I'm gonna give you while. this one because you called it. Because you called this. That Ryan. One. This is why I want to start. We're there for a while. I'm gonna yeah. pass this what? to you. I'm gonna pass this one to you. I want you to start right here. You predicted that the 49ers would take Trey Lance. Just based on everything that you saw, you thought the Trey Lance would be the guy. But it seems that Jimmy Garoppolo is a starter and Trey Lance is going to be learning. Do you still feel that way? I mean, if that day is dead, do you feel like Trey Lance is going to be the guy in 2021? In 2021? Sometime in 2021. Yeah. I mean, Kyle Shannon has already said that he's going to play. Um, here's the thing, man. Let me tell you. Let me tell you another day that should be dead. I'm, I'm, I'm answer your question, uh, but I want to okay. speak to broadly what you're talking about. So, this, these, these young yep. guys for 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 a long time. This is this is not new. For a long time, these young guys have come into the league more ready to play and ready to play sooner than their predecessors. Um, I mean, hell, you, who can forget Cam Newton's first game? I think it was against Arizona. Threw for like damn near 400 yards or something like that great. against Arizona. First time. Great. When, when everybody thought great, oh, great Cam Newton coming from that offense at Auburn is going to need some time to adjust. He comes out rookie of the he year. Was unbelievable. I mean, yep. A lot of these guys are ready to play right away, but it doesn't mean that they have to play right away. So whether or not Mac Jones, Justin Field, whether it's Mac Jones to Cam Newton or Justin Fields to Andy Dalton or uh, Trey Lance to Jimmy Garoppolo, and Garoppolo was more about a, about a money thing, and it just didn't seem likely that the Niners would keep him at, what, $25 million if he and Trey Lance were equal. And the rule of thumb, as you know, at every position, is that if you got a young player and a veteran player equal, you play the young guy. You play the guy with the upside. I mean, that's just that's common sense. That's, 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 that's default, right? So if Trey Lance is, is right there with Jimmy Garoppolo, there's no way you're going to play Jimmy Garoppolo. You, you, play, you play Trey Lance. It doesn't matter if they start week one. Like with Justin Fields, as great as Justin Fields looked in his first preseason game, and as slow as the game seemed to him because he's practicing against the Bears defense, whether he plays week one or week 11, the takeaway for all of these guys, for the most part, in their, in their preseason debuts and in training camp, is that 
it doesn't seem like these teams missed at least right now at least right now it doesn't seem right. like the game is too big it's, for any of them they don't seem lost right, right. and remember going into the Amen. draft we talked about the fact that the math history and the math just says that not only teams will get it right not not everybody's gonna get it right somebody is gonna miss in the first round more than one is gonna miss in the first round i love this that's the, i love that's this how, highlight. and they Look still could and that's a great throw. And look, and they still could. It is. They still could miss. It's one preseason game, and you don't want to overreact. But based on the information we have right now, it looks like these teams all got keepers. And whether they play in week yeah. one, week five, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But specifically, I would love to, because they're going to play sooner rather than later. And when they do, they'll be ready. So it's nothing wrong with taking your time with these guys. Nobody, there's, 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 somebody told me a long time ago, a coach told me a long time ago, there's no shelf life for quarterback development. So there's nothing wrong if you decide to wait a couple of weeks. Now, you may look back and say, a la Terod Taylor and Baker Mayfield a, good, a couple of years a good back. Why, but you may look back and say, why were they wasting time? Or, or even Terod Taylor and Justin Herbert last year. Because remember, Terod Taylor was going to play until the doctors punctured his lung and then Justin Herbert looks like the next big thing. So they may, these coaches may look right. back and say, okay, you played it too safe. Once upon a time, um, Bill O'Brien, I forget, who was, he, who was he starting ahead of Deshaun Watson, his rookie year? It was, I forget, some stiff. Oh, it, I forget the guy's name. I, I, I was going to say, he, he, I mean, it, it might have been, was it, it wasn't Hoyer? Was it, uh, he's had so many it players. It wasn't Hoyer. He had, I forgot it the cat from uh, Penn but, State? Yeah, so many. Yeah, but so it was somebody that was Mallet, like, wait, was why was Deshaun Watson not playing in the first place? My point is was this. It it's like you may look back and say they were it was Mallet. I think it was no, it wasn't Mallet. It was not Mallet. It was not Mallet. Okay. okay. There's a joke here. In, insert joke here. Anyway, I'll, I'll save it. It's yeah. too easy. Slow hanging fruit. I don't even need to say it. Point being, um, it's like they may look back and say, oh, they they should have started them from day one, but there's no harm in taking your time and playing them when you're sure they're ready, which is why, and I'll give it back to you with this point. I, I, I want to come full circle with how you started it. You were like, oh, I don't know what Urban Meyer is waiting on to name Trevor Lawrence right, a starter. Right. Maybe I'm, oh, no, oh, just, come maybe, on, come on. Maybe come on. I'm naive. Maybe I'm naive. Call me naive. Call me gullible. Okay? Call me gullible. And I, unlike you, am not a Buckeye. I am not beholden to Urban Meyer, okay? And, and he's made he has, he's had quite a few mistakes already getting it twisted that this is college ball. But let me say this. Um, once upon a time, I used to love Well, you know, I love, you know, I'm obsessed with lower thirds. I'm obsessed with lower thirds. Yeah, I have not watched any television. I tried my best to just not watch sports during the vacation as best I could as best I could. But uh, there's no question that I'm sure people have used it. If they didn't, they missed a golden opportunity. Because when Gardner Minshew said that he has not moved his bowels because number two is not an option, and then Urban Meyer said that it was a competition between Gardner Minshew and Trevor Lawrence, I would have immediately be like, who's more full of it? Gardner Minshew or Urban Meyer? Like that was just too that's just too easy of a lower third. That's the question. Who's more full of it? Gardner Minshew or Urban Meyer? But here's why I, here's why I believe Urban Meyer. I believe him. I take him at face value. I take him at his word when he says that it's an actual quarterback competition because Gardner Minshew is no slouch number one. Dude completed like 66% last year, has got like a 37 to 11 touchdown to interception ratio over the last two years. 
His teammates love him. He is not a scrub. I mean, they had an opportunity to get a generational quarterback, but quarterback was not their biggest problem. And Urban Meyer, you know this, has ne- you talk about Cam Newton has never been a backup. Urban Meyer's never lost. Urban Meyer doesn't know what it's like to lose. And you said off the top, the Jaguars right. earned it. They earned that number one pick. Urban Meyer trying to win games. And again, I might be gullible. It may be a Jedi mind trick. You know, I heard you tell jokes about me. No, you didn't. Well, maybe I didn't. He might be trying to just like make uh, Trevor Lawrence earn it to establish a culture in Jacksonville that it doesn't matter which, where you were drafted or what you've been paid. That, hey, everybody's got to earn their spot when we all know that it's Trevor Lawrence's job. Maybe that's the case. Maybe it's just his PR. Never believe what these coaches, coaches say. I get all of that. But I tend to believe that Urban Meyer wants to win and win now. And if Gardner Minshew gives him the best chance to win right now, even if it's for two weeks or four weeks, then I think that's the direction he's going to go in. Uh, Because like I said, who cares if Trevor Lawrence doesn't start game one? Peyton Manning started game one. You know who did not start game one? But you know know who did not start game one? Eli Manning. Patrick Mahomes. Because they had a... Yeah, but they thought was a washed up Kurt Warner keeping the spot warm for Eli Manning who was as pro ready as anybody coming out of Ole Miss. So this developmental game with quarterbacks, there's no sense in rushing them and there's no harm in taking your time and letting the veteran that you sign Matt Nagy same thing stick with Andy Dalton. Why not? Justin Fields looks ready, but what's the harm in sticking with Andy Dalton for a game two three four whenever why not make sure they're absolutely ready man. And, even, Man, and if you second yeah, guess yourself, all, I'd rather second guess myself with playing somebody too late than too soon. Put it that way. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Look, look, man. A um, couple things. One, it was Tom Savage. It was Tom Savage. Who Savage. Over Thank Deshaun you, Sean Watson. Thank in you, Houston. Tom Savage. That's one. Thank you. Two, I got, the, I got the hot takes going today. I got the hot takes going because there's something. Nobody told me this. I just got a feeling that I'm going to give Urban Meyer about 18 months. I'm going to give him about a year and a half before he flames out in Jacksonville. Man, you're too much Boy, of a college guy. This is the pros. This is the pros, man. You can't. Oh, uh, Gardner Minshew over Trevor Lawrence. Quarterback was their biggest problem, Mike. I'm sorry. It was their biggest problem. If it wasn't their biggest problem, maybe they would have uh, put a for sale sign on the number one pick in the draft and they would have done what oh, best I didn't, for I didn't the say they had their guy for the picks. rest of. That's their okay. biggest problem. And you're Urban Meyer. Go in there. You, yeah, I know you're trying to win, but you're also trying to develop. This generational quarterback don't overthink this thing. I, uh, wh- why not? Why not start uh, Trevor Lawrence? Why? What? Wh- wh- what difference does it make? Week one, week five? Yeah, it makes a difference. You're building a culture, and if you're Matt Nagy, I'll get back to Urban Meyer in a second. If you're Matt Nagy, you absolutely better play the guy that that you traded up to get because your job's on the line. This is a critical time. Y'all already blew it. You and Ryan Pace, y'all blew it. By trading up, trading up for Mitch Trubisky, not just drafting him. <laughs> they traded up for Trubisky. That's one. That's two strikes right there. That's one miss and two strikes. You better get this well, why, one right. Why the rush? And why do you have? Why, why do you have to why, play Justin Fields right away? Why do you because, have to? Because I, if he if he deserves to play, that's one thing. Yourself, no, I, I, 
You he's got to He's going to play eventually. Just to be clear, I'm with you on needing them to play sooner rather than later. But I just but explain to me it's why simple, they got to start game one. Same for Mac Jones. Why they got to start game one? If if your job's on the line every week, starting in week one, who do you want to roll with? Who do you want to dance with? You want to dance with Andy Dalton? The guy that can win games. Who do you want to dance with? Or Okay, how many no, games? Don't, don't, play many that, games? don't play that political games? crap. Don't no, play that political crap. It's not political. Crap. No, don't do, the, it's don't not do political. the thing where it's like, oh, we got an excuse for sucking because we played a young quarterback. Don't do that thing. If your job's on the line, suck. it buys you more I time if you play suck. a young quarterback. Don't do that. Don't do I'm that. I'm going to throw him out there. I'm going to throw him out to the Wolves in week one. I think already, if Justin Fields is not better, then Andy Dalton right now, I got bigger problems. I got bigger problems. If Gardner Minshew is better than Trevor Lawrence, I've got problems. No, give me Trevor Lawrence week one. No. Give me Justin Fields. That's not the I'm same thing. I'm going with the guys. That's not the same thing. No, no, no. Wait, wait, hold on. I can take exception with your verbiage there. Like your, 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 your word okay. choice, your, 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 your diction give, in this conversation. If give Justin Fields is not Let's better go. than Andy Dalton right now, I got a problem. Like what? You missed? He's a bust? I got a problem. Yes, because I do. one preseason game not, into not his career, he's not better than Andy Dalton. And it's not about being better be than better. Andy Dalton because he's more be dynamic than Andy be Dalton already. We saw You see that game one. Trevor right. Lawrence has more natural ability than Gardner Minshew. We know that already. Trey yeah. Lance brings a, a dimension to the Niners offense Trevor that Jimmy Lawrence Garoppolo does not. Namely, but that's why they went and got him. Namely availability. I'm saying the veteran guy may be the holdover may be the guy with the better command of the offense and the guy who can win games in the short term while the young guy I don't want this develops over a few games, half care. the season, whatever, whatever. I don't he may live be better my life for the short Execute, term. orchestrate the offense right now, and and that's the benefit. That's the best thing for your team, and it's the best thing for the young quarterback. Now, most the of these guys should be able to take their lumps and survive. Most of them should be able to take their lumps and survive. They, I also don't buy any idea of a guy getting ruined because you threw him to the wolves, as you said. Nobody and, and, and he's, no, no, and he's no, no. shell shocked. He's not no, they won't. No, I don't. I don't. I'm with you. Because he's too. I'm with you. He's too they good. won't. They he's won't. Too mentally tough I'm saying there's no clock. Nobody's on the clock. Nobody's on the clock to be like, oh man, we drafted Trevor Lawrence number one, and if he don't start week one, then we missed. Like Gardner Minshew is no slouch. First of all, I've always been a Minshew guy. I've loved. I've loved him since Washington State. I like. I like yeah, Gardner yeah, Minshew. I like him well, a lot. No, no, I, he is. If he, he outperforms is. Trevor Lawrence, he's a backup. He's a backup right. quarterback in the right. league. He's, he's not the long-term answer. So he, he's not a slouch. He's not a slouch, but he's also not a starter. And you, 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 you drafted Trevor Lawrence number one overall. Put him in there. You're the Jacksonville Jaguars. Expectation. You have really no expectations. There's no reason. There's no reason, Urban Meyer, to put Gardner Minshew into the starting position and to have Trevor Lawrence sit there and learn, learn from Gardner. Really. Put him in there. Let him no, play. No, just learn from. And if he just throws, process things from a, of a certain perspective. Look, I, it would look. Trevor Lawrence in particular, it would be. But on the field, it would be disappointing. Prepare as a starter. It, I, I will agree with you here. I'll agree with you. It would be disappointing if Trevor Lawrence were not to start Week One, given how pro ready he has been proclaimed to be for the last three, four years. I don't know what it's been. He's been for the second life. coming of Peyton Manning his whole life. So right. So that would be disappointing, but not detrimental. Not detrimental. 
to the okay. development of the organization or the development of the player. I just don't I don't think it matters. Like go back, go back, go back as long as you want through all the great quarterbacks, the greatest quarterback right. of all time. And I know it's not the same thing. I know it's not the same thing. I know they came into the league under different auspices. I get that under different circumstances. I get it. But the greatest quarterback of all time through three passes is rookie. You know, the other guy in the argument who's for the greatest, the greatest quarterback, quarterback of all time sat for three years. Who's the greatest? I don't know who, who's the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't know. I know who I think it is. But I just wonder who you think it is. I, I, admittedly, I've, admittedly, I've, I've walked a fence on that one. Admittedly, yeah, I, I would say. Admittedly. Who are you talking admittedly. about? Admittedly. Who is it? I'm talking. Uh, the, the, you know, hey, do you know who threw three passes as a rookie in 2000? You know who that was. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, and he was. And he That's used to talk to you all the time. You don't want to talk to him. By the way. By the way. That was hey, a last, I, that was I the last time you gave me the time of day. Young reporters, <laughs> young reporters, learn from Michael Smith. Used to talk to Tom Brady all the time. Nobody else talked to Tom Brady. Michael Smith, you go over and talk to the young kid. Let me talk to Brady. He's a fourth quarterback in 2000. Who keeps four quarterbacks? Yeah. Today, nobody. Fourth quarterback, Michael Smith, go over and talk to him. Just because. That's good reporting. Anyway. All um, right. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's, speaking of good reporting. Speaking of good reporting. Segway. It's like riding a bike. Charles Robinson from Yahoo. What up? Coming up. That's a- Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. All right, let's bring in somebody who uh, who knows what he's talking about. Charles Robinson from uh, Yahoo Sports and the host of You Pod to Win the Game. Uh, the NFL <laughs> podcast <laughs> at, uh, at Yahoo. Good to see you, man. It has been a long time. Golly, so much has happened. Um, go ahead. I, I know you hold. It. Go ahead, Mick. Go ahead. I, I, go ahead, Charles. I know. I, I see the look on your face. You, you got. <laughs> Get it out. Gonna... Get it out the way. <laughs> <laughs> like it, Michael Smith and I are growing our playoff beards here. Like we're deep into this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just riding this thing. Hey, I'll see hey, where hey, it takes Charles, me. Let's not, you know. Hey, 
It's a good look. It's a good look, Charles. Uh, if, if you had to call it, G- give me a, give me a, give me a call. Michael Smith looks like. What, what's he look like? I know oh, you, I got, mean, you, you got I, somebody yeah, in mind. I, I told you during the break. It looks like Lawrence Fishburne in uh, Higher Learning. Professor Phipps. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne. Oh it's, man. The beard, the beard is the beard is really hadn't changed that much. It's really the hair. You you kind of you switched up the hair a little bit, and you got the uh, juice and berries going it, up in go. there. I mean, it's, it's no, nice. nothing, man. It's, it's just that's just that's just that's just normal. That's just natural. I, I, I listen. I ain't got a whole lot going for me. At least you know, I got I got uh, I got some going up top. Speaking of higher learning, Charles, I was just schooling Michael Holly. On the fine art of developing young quarterbacks. Some people say. Um, I don't know how much you were able to, uh, how, how much you heard that, but I was just trying to explain to him that as ridiculous as it sounds, I mean, Gardner Minshew holding it, holding his bowels, as, as much as Urban Meyer sounds like he's full of crap, suggesting that this is an actual quarterback competition, I actually see the logic in it. I see the logic in trying to win games, and I just don't think that there is a uh, a rush as, as pro ready as these quarterbacks are. I just don't think that there's a rush to get them on the field. Most of them look good in their preseason debuts. So I guess first question to you is, is a broad one, but take it where you like. First question is, is just, how you go win. You Here's know, the first question. Let me ask it for him. How you go win games at Gardner Minshew? <laughs> okay, that's the first question. <laughs> well, how are you going to win oh, games yeah, in 2023? That, within that. <laughs> Within that, within that though, but just whether it's Lance, whether it's Fields, whether it's Mac Jones, who Michael thinks is going to start for the Patriots Week One, uh, you know, uh, Lawrence, and uh, who am I missing? Missing one other rookie. But point being, oh, and uh, Zach Wilson. Just Justin give Fields. give us your overall assessment, what you're what you're hearing, what you're seeing about these first round picks and their progression to this point. Well, you know, first and foremost. I, and I am a victim of this too, um, or a perpetrator of it. I guess I would say not a victim, a perpetrator. Um, I always tell myself, don't get too excited, um, you know, with what you see in the preseason, particularly the first preseason game. And then the preseason game happens and I lose my mind. I'm like, oh my God, he looks so great. This looks so great. And then, what you else know, you write about? <laughs> well, I always remind myself later, they're, they're not facing anything conceptually that's even close to what they're going to see in the regular season. They're throwing against players who are not going to make a 53-man roster. Um, you know, everything that they're running, particularly from an offensive standpoint, it's vanilla concepts. Everything is going to get a lot faster. Um, this field is going to feel smaller. Um, there's just a lot that's going to change for these guys. So I think really week one, what I would tell people, particularly in the preseason, is look at the tools. And so, like, when I was on the training camp tour, that's what I look at. I want to see the tools. So when I was in San Francisco and I saw Trey Lance, I was like, let me see what tool I can see. You know, what tools can I see in practice? When I was with the Carolina Panthers and I saw Trey Lance, it was the same thing. Or, I mean, uh, uh, not with the Carolina Panthers. I'm sorry, the New York Jets. And I saw Zach Wilson. It was the same thing. Let me see what the tools are um, that Zach Wilson is bringing to the table. So first and foremost, process those games and go, Trey Lance does have a hell of an arm. You know, that's something that Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't necessarily do. I saw that when I was in practice. He threw some balls that were not great, threw them into coverage, had an up-and-down day, but he hit Brandon Ayuk on a 25-yard crossing route that looked like a John Elway kind of zing. Um, And he had set up on platform, and I'm like, okay, when he gets time and he can get his feet under him, 
he can absolutely gun it. And the play you're showing now, I mean, he's rolling to his left. He's throwing across the field, um, you know, hits his man in stride, insanely long throw, perfect, looked fantastic. But again, is that a breakdown he's going to see in coverage? Probably not um, in the regular season. So when we're talking about the veterans versus the young guys, I think one of the questions you have to ask yourself is, can a coaching staff create value with the veteran that's still there, which I think there's value to be gained there with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think you can um, get something for him later. I think he is valuable still to that franchise in the future. Gardner Minshew, I'm sure Urban Meyer is sitting there going, he's young enough, he's got enough talent that maybe there's some value we can parlay down the line. The Jets don't have that. There's, there's, you know, it's Zach Wilson, okay? Um, Justin Fields mm-hmm. with, with Andy Dalton, I don't think Justin Fields, there's a ton of value there. Now, one other thing that you have to consider, too, with all these different quarterbacks is study the coaching staff and the front office and ask yourself how valuable is playing the young guy now versus some other situations. Trevor Lawrence, there's no rush. Nobody's getting fired in Jacksonville, okay? No one's getting fired in San Francisco. No one's getting fired with the New York Jets. Now, the Chicago Bears, this is a little bit different, okay? they That coaching staff and that front office – has something they can gain by putting Justin Fields out there maybe a little bit earlier and saying, we're getting the show started. Here's some things you know we feel really good about, and let's mold him and move him forward and show you why we're the right guy to work with him moving forward. So there's a lot of different things in terms of the economy of a rookie quarterback versus a veteran that you have to play into it, and some the of that is job buying. All right. Well, <laughs> I like let's, that, let's Michael, this, the Charles. economy let's, of a rookie quarterback. I, I like that. Good phrasing. Good phrasing. All right, let's break this down really quickly. You tell me uh, who starts. I'm gonna give you the. I'm gonna give you the, the team. You tell me who the starter is. 49ers. Who starts week one? Trey Lance. Uh, Patriots. Who starts week one? Ooh, man, that's a that's a tough one. Um, I still think it'll be Cam when it opens. All right, Jaguars. Who starts week one? Trevor Lawrence. All right, and uh, and Bears. Bears starts week one. I think it's Fields. I think they got to go with Fields. Like I really do. I think they mm, got to get that show okay. started. Hey All Mike, right, let, so, me, let me let me pick you back for that. Thanks for the education, a hey, hey, professor. Professor Phipps, thanks for the education. Yet <laughs> it sounds like we got some young quarterbacks who are going to be starting in week one, even after the the fantastic but, 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 lecture. But before. But before we hit this break, and we'll come back, we'll come back with Charles Robinson in a second. But let's let's not just focus on the, on the rookies. Let's just I was I was thinking the same thing, Mike. Let's check off the competitions in general. Um, in place of uh, a rehabbing Carson Wentz, Ellinger or uh, Eason in in Indianapolis. Oh my God! I whatever I tell you is pure speculation. I can tell you I don't I don't know. Like I gotcha. I was stunned when Ellinger got the call there. Like that completely blew my mind. So, <laughs> yeah. No, hey, listen, it's not it's not sexy, but that's a roster that a lot of people think uh, is is ready to contend in the AFC. Uh, Lock Bridgewater in Denver. Who starts in Denver? I think, uh, and based on being in that camp, um, I think that they want to go with Bridgewater, but the reality is Lock. Is I mean he takes shots and he he's gunning it and I think he's I think they are going to want to get another look at him. I know Bridgewater is that staff's guy. I know he is, 
but he I don't think he's done enough to convince them that that they should not get a look at Locke. I and I said coming out of that camp, I believe both of these quarterbacks will start at some point in this season. Would you say the same? And lastly, I believe this is the last kind of QB question. Would you say the same about the Saints? Does it end up being more of Taysom mm, Hill, true. even if Jameis Winston is the actual starter? No, I think they're really they really want Jameis to start because it keeps keeps both of those guys on the field. If if Taysom's the starter, like they'll and they'll tell you that. I mean, they might not say it publicly, but when you talk to them privately, they will straight up tell you one direction gives us one value, one guy we know we value on the field. Another direction gives us two guys we value on the field. We want as much value on right. the field as possible, and that's Jameis starting and Taysom kind of filling the role that he filled previously with Drew Brees. So that's what I'm saying. Maybe maybe Taysom does it even more than he did with Drew Brees, potentially. Maybe maybe we see even more of him under center um, hmm. than when he was relieving Drew last year. So, okay. Is, hey, um, more, well, go ahead. What were you about to say? Oh, I was going to say it's, it, it, it's definitely more possible because Drew – I mean, like, Drew will stab a guy in the net to keep him from taking snaps behind center. Jameis isn't going to be that tight. Exactly. So I, I think there's going to be more yeah. flexibility to not piss off, you know, the starting quarterback because, you know, Drew is a very punitive person. Exactly. I don't think a lot of people understood that. Exactly. All right. Uh, we, I, I got more. You know what? That's a great way to pause it, uh, put a pin in it. We're going to take this break, reset like we normally do for the top of the hour. I want to come back to the Saints and, uh, and some of your reporting on that Michael Thomas, uh, Sean Payton drama um, mm. after the break. Good. I feel like a real TV show. What, what are we doing? It's like real what, structure. What's going on? Yeah, right it, now, Michael? No, using that TV voice, though. Using that TV <laughs> voice. What's up? I, don't, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's a great point, Charles. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Well, we thought uh, when we left a month ago, Michael, um, that by the time we came back, Deshaun Watson may have a new team. And even though the NFL has said yeah. he's free to engage in team activities, he's he's not on the commissioner's exempt list even. Uh, he's in limbo. He's not practicing with the Texans. Uh, and it's Groundhog Day. Um, like you said, to the media, it's the same thing every day, uh, even though they're just doing their job. Uh, Charles, you've done a great job being all over this. Uh, mm. Grand juries involved. Mm. You can break that down for us. I guess on a simple level, man, just how much longer can the Texans, Deshaun Watson, and, and for that matter, the league, 
just remain in this in this state of uncertainty, in this state of limbo. At some point, something's got to give. I've read where the Texans are hoping that Deshaun will change his mind. He's shown no indication of that whatsoever. Right. Um, sure, you've been you know plugged in on on who's offering what, if anything, at this point. Given the 22 civil complaints and 10 criminal complaints against him, what's the latest, man? If anything. Um, okay, so you, you there's got to really approach it from a lot of different directions here now because there's so many different parties involved. But let's start with the NFL first and foremost. I think the NFL um, is now that there is this grand jury investigation underway, there is something that is definitely um, a little more tangible for the NFL to move on in terms of its decision making. Now, you can question why hasn't the NFL done anything up to this point? Where's the NFL's investigation at, particularly if it's talked to um, at least seven or excuse me, at least 10 of um, these women that are alleging uh, sexual misconduct by Deshaun Watson. Um, But in terms of the grand jury investigation, the reality is if a grand jury and I believe the Texans know this and feel this way, if a grand jury indicts um, Deshaun Watson to face particularly felony, any any type of felony charge um, in relation to complaints to the Houston Police Department, um, he will be placed on, on the commissioner's exempt list. I think the Texans are fully prepared for that. They know that that it absolutely is a line that the NFL would draw in terms of setting him to the side um, on, on the exempt list, which is, you know, no, no play, but you do get paid. So that's from the NFL standpoint. I think from the Texans standpoint, um, now I went through camps in Denver. I went through Philadelphia and I went through Carolina. And I can tell you that these are three teams that all have either residual or current interest um, in in Deshaun Watson. Um, I think uh, that all of them see significant aspects of risk here that they're worried about. Um, And all of them are looking at this as if it's a scenario where we can get um, an, an asset in a player, but at a very significantly reduced cost, then that's a conversation we can have. I don't think they're inclined to have the conversation at the level the Texans want to have it at, which is multiple first round picks, valuable players, pretty considerably close to what I think they would have wanted for Deshaun Watson in January or February um, prior to all the legal um, issues arising. Um, so that's, from the Texans standpoint, and as you said, Michael um, Smith, and this is correct, um, the feeling on the Texans is he's up until this point, and we can talk about that video, actually. Um, he had not, you know, he's not been disruptive. He's been in quarterbacks meetings. They want him out on the field. They feel like he has tried to stay off the field by saying he's got lower extremity issues. I don't think they believe he has lower extremity issues. They're, they're like, you need to be out on the field. Okay. And I feel like they think he does not like being out there, not doing anything, and then having all this focus on him, all these eyeballs and these cameras on him, and it's creating a level of discomfort with him. But up until that video, I think they felt like, okay, there's no massive disruption here. He's talking to guys. He's, he's you know talking with teammates. He's talking to coaches. Um, so we'll just ride this out and hope that maybe he'll change his mind by the time the regular season um, comes or something else changes that opens up a a trade avenue here at the terms we want. Now, the video did raise some eyebrows in the organization, okay? I spoke to people in the organization the evening after that happened, and they were surprised. Um, 
And I think the thought process was, this is so beyond what we've ever seen from him in terms of how he um, corresponds with the media, the things that he puts out into a camera lens that then gets put out into the world. And talking to one executive, you know, he, he said to me, what was remarkable about it was he walked across the field, he saw it, and he clearly thought about what he was going to do and say. And he had to know when he did and said it, he was doing and saying it into microphones and into camera lenses. And that was then going to get played over and over again. So for them, that was a, a pretty big moment um, where they thought there was a crack there, where they saw the frustration really come out um, from him. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. And then, but in terms of the legal side of it, just to sum this up as quickly as I possibly can, um, the sex crimes unit of the Harris County Prosecutor's Office has issued and is in the process of issuing subpoenas. It's interesting because behind the scenes, everybody seems to have a different read on what this means. And if you talk to the legal camps, if you talk to sources that are familiar with the Harris um, County's prosecute, Harris County Prosecutor's Office, everyone's sort of saying, well, they have their own story for what they think this means. And, you know, we'll, we'll, the the alleged victims testify will it just be information that they're seeking in terms of electronic communications whatever written evidence that they can get in their hands um to to potentially put in front of a grand jury i can tell you this i don't think it's sorted out and 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 easily fits into any boxes legally right now because everyone seems to be um I guess, sort of absorbing it differently in terms of how serious they think it is. And I will say this, the closer you are to Watson, the less serious you tend to believe this is. And the further you are from Watson, Mm. the more serious you tend to believe this is. That's interesting. All right. So let's just go to the, let's go to the top shelf here for the, this is not a simple story, but I'm going to take it to a simplest point for NFL fans, as far as NFL fans are concerned, simplest point of the story. Where do you think Deshaun Watson most wants to play? And what team do you think is willing to go all out or, or to sacrifice the most for Deshaun Watson? Maybe that's the same team or maybe those are two different answers. I think that the Miami Dolphins is where he wants to play. I think that the Houston Texans would never let that happen. I think that the Houston Texans have a level of mm. animus toward the Miami Dolphins at this point. Um, I think there is a feeling unless the Dolphins were to give a full 100% offer on in terms of his value, right. I don't think they want him to be in the AFC. I don't think they want him to be in Miami because I think they know he wants to be in Miami and they are afraid of the message that will send to other people in the locker room that, hey, look at all this stuff that Sean's going through. Look at what he's done on the field with us. He's doing this hold in, how – um, you know, the stuff in front of the cameras, and then they send him to Miami, I think they think, well, what does that say to all of the other guys that, okay, here's all these things he did, and we still gave in to what he ultimately wanted. So I, I really believe they, they I, I was told 0% chance Miami. I think that only changes mm. if, if the offer is just dramatically, drastically different than what they're seeing anywhere else. Denver, wow. um, I can tell you Kareem Jackson is telling people in Denver that he wants to be in Denver. I think Denver, very low percentage chance because, again, the Houston Texans do not want to to have him in the AFC. Um, Philadelphia, um, 
I'm also hearing inside the Denver Broncos that he doesn't want to play in Philadelphia. I cannot confirm that, but that's what the Denver Broncos seem to think. Um, Philadelphia, I think, is a very interesting team because I think they are very, very interested. I think they will do a great deal of work on Deshaun Watson, and I think they have a general manager in Howie Roseman who is willing to be very aggressive if he sees that Jalen Hurts is not necessarily working out the way that he hopes. I think there is an element of them being willing to be aggressive and eventually maybe getting to the point where that offer is where it needs to be. Carolina is very interesting to me. Carolina, I will tell you, I feel like is saying um, all the things to slow play it and, and indicate that they're, they're, they've got their quarterback in Sam Darnold. They're trying with Sam Darnold and that they are not actively interested in Deshaun Watson. All of that said, I truly believe this comes down to David Tepper. And if Sam, let's say Sam Bradford struggles throughout the preseason and, and really is, it's just not happening. I think David Tepper is an aggressive enough owner that he would think long and hard about if Deshaun Watson was available and discussing all these other things that are going on with Deshaun Watson in terms of the legal ramifications, the 22 civil suits, the, the potential grand jury, you know, um, I think David Tepper, if he feels like they are failing at quarterback, would yeah. continue to consider Deshaun Watson. We got one more thing we want to hit with you before we uh, hit this break and let you go. We appreciate your time, Chuck, as always. Um, I, I do want to add one footnote to this. I don't know if uh, Charles, I'm sure you saw it. Mike. I don't know if you got a chance to read it. Uh, Jenny Rentis's article in Sports Illustrated uh, with the two two of Deshaun Watson's accusers yes. uh, criticizing the NFL. The league needs to institute an investigation into its investigative practices because how basic and elementary is it? If, if because I was shaking my head when you said sex crimes earlier, I thought that's where you were going with the league office. How does your league office not know to not ask accusers what they were wearing? That just blew my mind. I mean, that, here, that's probably the most disturbing detail to come out of this out of everything. I would tell people it's a very important story to read because it is by far what I believe, and I tweeted this, I think it is the best victim-centered in terms of the alleged victims. It is the best psychologically centered piece that explains in a lot of context and layering the thought process of these women, how that plays against the league, Mm -hmm. the question and answer period that happened. And I will say this, there's one thing, and and this is only from my investigative background and knowing how investigators ask questions in a a litany of different um, issues that they investigate, not just alleged um, sexual assault or or things of that nature. Sometimes they will ask very ham-handed questions because they're seeking a piece of information that they want to use later when they do... Um, their grand finale interview. And and so to put it in this case, for the league, the grand finale interview will be Deshaun Watson. And I think, and I and again, I'm I'm never gonna defend the NFL here. And I and I'm with you, the whole what were you wearing process of that question. I think if you're gonna ask that question, and I don't know if it was put this way or not, but I would I would hope that investigators would say, we have to ask you a question here because this is a piece of information that we can then use comparatively in a later interview. And if there is a line of defense that comes down later, we, we need to, we need this piece of information because it may allow us to do a very important follow-up question in our, our grand finale interview. Our yeah, Deshaun Watson interview. I, I, I hear you. I, I, I hear you. I, and, and listen, it's, it's above me. 
all, I, now, now to get too deep into it because we, we do have to let you go shortly is is it's irrelevant regardless of whether it's for now or later. It's absolutely irrelevant. You know what I mean? And it's and, and everybody knows that when it comes to conversations about sex crimes. So I, I get they may have their process, but their process is antiquated and amateur if they think that it's ever acceptable to ask an alleged victim. What were you wearing? Even if you have an ulterior motive for asking that question, but we got to leave that part there. Let me just ask you this last thing because you've been all over this story, Charles, before we let you go. Is it really all good with the Saints and Michael Thomas? Yes, they had it a is. I, 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 on, right? Yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely. I think I, I mean, all good's a relative term. You know, Michael, Michael Thomas is um, he's an emotional guy. He is. And, and Sean Payton, frankly, is an emotional guy. And, and I think that's part of what supercharged this is that you have two individuals who very much want to be successful in their own ways and also together. I think individually they want success. I think they want joint success. And then the way things unfold in the offseason, I think lack of communication played into it. But from what I understood, all this process that came out with them on social media and Sean Payton questioning when a surgery should have taken place, I think that what drove it to the heights was the fact that they weren't communicating at the time. I think they were, they were both very emotional and needed to tell each other how they felt about some things, hadn't done it. And I think what I was told how the meeting came together is both sides were sitting there going, we want it. We want to fix this. Like we need to talk to each other. Both sides wanted it. And again, what I reported was that, you know, they had a meeting. It was productive. I had two sources tell me that it was sort of a clear your air sort of moment where they had that communication and both realized like, hey, let's let's like fix this. Like, how can we do it now? It doesn't mean it's fixed forever, but it means that the things they weren't communicating on that caused the problem, at least initially right now, yeah. I think they've communicated with each other and cleared up a little bit of what was emotional. Can we communicate with you later this week? Because I, I, yeah. I, Michael, I don't feel like we covered everything we need to cover with y'all. Okay, we'll, we'll, like, let's, let's, let's double dip this week. We got yeah. four weeks worth of stuff to catch up on. Sure. All right, cool. We'll hit you Absolutely. up later. All right, thanks, guys. All right, man. Appreciate you, dog. We can do that. Hey, Mike, you you in charge of the salary cap? Yeah, let's do it. No problem. <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. All right, well, listen... <laughs> I, you know what? Every time somebody says, I hate to say I told you so, they lie. Yeah. They lie. So I'm not going to say I hate to t- say I told you so. I'm just going to say I told you so. Uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers had his uh, airing of grievances press conferences while press conference while we were away. Uh, he's been practicing, practicing well. You know, it is all good, at least for now, in Green Bay uh, between Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. He's taking it one day and obviously one season at a time. Uh, you want to hear more from him? Read Peter King's Football Morning in America. Uh, there's your promo. There's being good team players here, brother, from another. Nice. Uh, nice. Michael, listen, 
I, I'm just going. I said everything there was to say about Aaron Rodgers this whole time. Oh, stop. Okay, and it played out stop. exactly as I said it would. Stop. So I'm stop gonna just shut up and let you react. Why I gotta stop? No, no, player. No, player. No, no, no. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. You know. No. I told y'all. I mean, what's the big surprise? I mean, he's in camp. I told y'all. What else do I need to say? What else do I need to say? What else do I need to say? You lucky I ain't doing run your, the sound bites. You, your, lucky uh, I, you lucky, you lucky I ain't run the best of Michael telling you that dude was gonna play for the Packers. And I'll tell you another one. You're doing your best. You're doing your best, Jay Z. Doing your best, Jay Z. What more can I say? I mean, I got it. Uh, yeah, oh. I understand. Oh, you oh, I'll give you another. Everybody. I'll give you another Jay Z from Jay Electronica. Things you saying now, I was saying then. Okay. Or I'll give you Cool Joe Goody. Listen to me now. Believe me later on. Take your pick. All I'm saying is, I told you what was going to happen. And while I'm while I'm on a roll with Rogers, let me tell you something else. After reading Peter King's Football Morning in what? America and reading what? everything and listening to, he's going to retire a Green Bay Packer. That's what's going to happen. I don't care if they wiped out 2023. I don't care if there's a, a understanding that you know we'll reassess. He's going to retire a Green Bay Packer. He's going to he's, he's not going anywhere. He didn't go anywhere this year. He thought he was going to go after last year. Okay. He's not going anywhere after this year. Mark it down. He's going to retire. It, write it down. Take a, a picture. Whatever you need to say. Well, 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 hold on. He's going to retire on, on. a Green Bay Packer. And why do you tell me why you say that? Why? Why do you think you? Because you're right. You Here's said it. You call all this stuff. Aaron Rodgers has no leverage and has no big deal. And the Packers aren't worried. And you turn out to be right. I'll give you that. I'll give it to you. But retiring a Packer is a, is a different layer. That's a different thread. It wasn't we weren't working on that thread. That's something different. Why do you say it? He's less of a lamed up quarterback than he believes he is. See, the idea that he was a lamed up quarterback, and this is what the press conference told me, was rooted in obviously there's a financial component. There's a financial component. Set that aside, okay? And that's a big one, but set it aside for purposes of what I said. I was going to say that's a big set aside. He thought it was a lamed up. A real big set aside. He thought he was a lame duck quarterback because his sense of urgency, okay, to put the best team on the field, even though they went 13 and 3 in back to back NFC title games. His sense of urgency, he did not believe was matched by the front office because the front office did not solicit his opinion on personnel. So when you couple Jordan Love's selection with the first round pick in 2020, trading up to get him, with the fact that, let Aaron tell it, they never, they never cared what I thought about how they could help me better do my job. I think I deserve, I deserve better than just to be a player here. He felt like a lame duck quarterback. When the thing, my commentary on this has been rooted in one thing and one thing only. And even though Jordan Love looked okay, looked pretty good in, in, in his outing the other day, uh, in preseason, by all accounts, he ain't ready. And the idea that Brian Gutekunst, Mark Murphy, and Matt Lafleur would be dumb enough to make the reigning MVP a lamed up quarterback in favor of a guy who ain't ready for prime time is ludicrous. Okay, I do not expect Aaron Rodgers to play any worse than he did last year. So as long as Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers as we know him, the Packers will acquiesce to whatever it takes to make him feel better. They've already got Randall Cobb. They probably won't get Clay Matthews, but they already went out and got Randall Cobb per his request. And just like marriages, you hit rough patches. You go through marriage counseling, maybe even trial separation, but it doesn't have to end a divorce, Jimmy. 
does not, does not have to end in divorce. And this body situation right. okay. has been resolved. There will, there will be in contention again this year. And after this year, I do not see Aaron Rodgers because if, if he was able to swallow it, his pride this year, if he was able to set it all aside this year, and after all that hue and cry and gnashing of teeth, come back, mm. I don't see Aaron mm, Rodgers okay. stepping right. back and saying, you know what? I'm out of here. Well, why? Because. Because what? It's still the best situation for him. And I guarantee you he, st- he sits there next year and says, I want to be that rare guy. Peyton didn't do it. Brady didn't do it. Namath didn't do it. United didn't do it. Montana didn't do it. The only one is Elway that I could think of on top of my head. I want to be that rare guy that finishes his career with the team that drafted him. I guarantee this will be a footnote in the story of Aaron Rodgers. He ain't going nowhere. Not this year and not next year. I disagree. I disagree. He will not retire a Packer. See, this is what now you, you, you said he swallowed his pride. He swallowed his pride because he was a poor strategist. So he tried to he tried to negotiate or tried to force his exit from Green Bay, but he did it at the wrong time. He thought he could make his power move on the day of the draft and that the Packers would be forced to do something right at that time. Sorry, buddy. Uh, you didn't plan this out. You didn't think this through. And so once the Packers didn't trade you on day one, day two, day three of the draft, you're in bad shape. Financially, it didn't make sense for them. Competitively, it didn't make sense for them. You didn't make a stink early enough. You didn't start planning your exit early enough. So I think he learned from he's going to learn from the 2021 spring 2021 mistake and he's going to take that into 2022. He will not retire a Packer. He will not be a Packer in 2022. See one thing you talk about a divorce and all this stuff. You're right. I love marriage. You know, I'm a big fan of marriage. So are you. I'm always for working it out unless he don't want to be there unless she don't want to be there. Look, man, I saw you on a date. I saw, you know what I mean? We can't work this out because you're not invested in this marriage. I don't think he, he wants is, to though. be in the marriage. You, but, that, but, that, marriage. but that was your logic throughout this entire ordeal. He doesn't want to be there. I know. He doesn't want to be there. Strategy. Guess what? Clearly, he, he, he does. He got stuck. He does not want to be right. there enough to sit out. He does want to be right. there. He's there. Right. He's fully invested. That's right. He was stuck. Listen to what the he man is stuck. saying. See, you were right. I, I'm giving you credit. I'm giving you no, credit. There's I, a difference. I minimize. If he didn't want to be there, what you were saying. he would have retired. He would have retired. Okay. If he didn't want to be wait, there, wait, wait, he would have said, I could do bad by myself, and he'd have retired. He'd have, stay, he'd have stayed what, away. What he, he was pissed, what's and the there's definition? a difference. You are a... You, you graduated top of your class at uh, uh, salutatorian. I think that's what they call it. Okay, you're way up there. You're a smart guy. Big brains. You got the big brain on mic. So, what's the definition... What's the definition of a dilemma? A dilemma is a true definition of a dilemma. People a use decision it between two it bad, is, two bad options. Right, right. So he had retire. He didn't want that. He had go back to the Packers. He didn't want that. But going back to the Packers, not his, not his, his first choice, but it's better than retirement. And so that's what he was left with. I think going forward, he'll have more options. It won't just be go back to the Packers or retire. He didn't want to retire. And so now, of course, going back to the Packers. Hey, I love the city. Dude, I ain't buying that. That's what you got to say right now. They had you. They had you up against the wall. You had no options. And I don't think he went back reluctantly. 
He didn't go back reluctantly and I'm telling you winning as you know cures everything. Okay, if they go 13 and 3 again and in our contention again, maybe even win the Super Bowl again for all we know. Okay, he's not going to say I want to leave just on GP. I, I'm guaranteed these things have a funny way of working themselves out. They have a funny way of working themselves out. Yeah, and I, 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 I believe that if he if he were hell bent, if he hated Brian Gutekunst that much, he would have cut off his nose to spite his face and said, you know what? I'm not playing for y'all. I'm serious, but he came back and he's invested. And he's happy. And after the, and the Packers, when they say, inviting that they have to release him, they don't even have to trade him. I guarantee you that they come to a meeting of the minds after the season and they do things better, more in line with the way he wants them done because he's still going to be one of the best two, three quarterbacks in the NFL. And they're not gonna go going to go to Jordan back, Love, listen, not willingly. I'm going back to your I'm going back to your lyrics book. Your lyrics book on Aaron Rodgers, you said he's coming back because Football players play on Sunday. That's what you said. So football players play on Sunday and that was his option either to play on Sunday or to be watching red zone. And he didn't want to watch red zone. So he's back with the pack. He wants to compete. Not only does he want to play, he wants to compete. The Packers still give him that, especially if they sign Devontae Adams. They get that done. Come well, on. He going to compete. He ain't going nowhere. He's Aaron Rodgers. He going to compete just by showing up. Whoever he played for, he go. That's true. Because of who he is. That's true. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hey, we ain't been gone that long, Michael, till I can't uh, remember how to keep score. Oh, the Clippers, what an awful trade. They, they mortgage their future, and Kawhi if, might leave, and Paul they, George might leave. They, and oh my God. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. If not, so, if they don't, no, Kawhi's no, I say if up. they leave, I said it. No, no, if they don't win said, it. What? What'd you say? If they don't win, okay. well, yeah. If they don't win winning. it, because when because Kawhi win. wasn't locked up. You said it, they mortgage their future, and if they don't win it in this small okay. one-year or two-year window, because Kawhi is not locked up. Well, Kawhi is locked up. Let me, uh, and just for the record, hold on, hold on. Just for the record, just for the go record, ahead, go ahead. Brooklyn, go ahead. Go ahead. Brooklyn. Go ahead. Just, I just so you know. Because you get, yeah, you know, you might be a little slow. I just told you you're smart, but you might be a little slow on this one. Okay. Uh, Brooklyn and the Clippers are in the same category with me on this. If you're going to go all in to be a super team, you're going to mortgage it all. If you don't win, uh-huh. it's a fail. Okay. That's it. That's, that's where great. I stand. If you, you don't win, okay, it, and Vinny, it's a fail. Okay. Got it. got it. And you also said it wasn't smart Maybe. because Kawhi could okay, walk. Okay. Well, my point is, he Maybe. didn't. And I'm meanwhile, Vinny Goodwill. I'm trying to distract you. Meanwhile, Vinny Goodwill, they got Eric Bledsoe. They got rid of Patrick Beverly, and they got Eric Bledsoe, Eric Bledsoe. coming back. Um, here's my well, okay, you did that. Vinny, so much has happened, particularly with the two teams in Los Angeles since we last saw you. Hell, last time we saw you, the Bucks weren't even champs at the time. And we'll get to them in a second if time permits. Would love to know which organization, okay? 
do you, was it whether it's the Heat, the Lakers, somebody else? Who do you think has had the best offseason thus far? Hmm. The best offseason, I guess I would say the probably Miami Heat. Because they went from basically the brink of being like an also ran in the Eastern Conference while everybody else was loading up to basically being and being a step behind to saying, hey, we're right there with Brooklyn, with Milwaukee, maybe above Philadelphia, depending on what their mess is. So I, I don't think the axis of the league has changed much, to be perfectly honest, because I don't think what the Lakers did shifted anything for them. Uh, beyond going into this season. I look at that as a very monumental move, you know, on its face, but not necessarily one that's going to change the fortunes of them increasing the odds of them being a championship team. With the Heat, they were a potential first-round-and-out team. Now, if things break right, they can at least get to the Eastern Conference Finals, and once you get there, then all bets are off. And Michael Holly, I got to say this. What was the L.A. Clippers and Brooklyn Nets profiles before they made these monumental moves. Because these are not teams with tradition. These are not teams that have been worth a damn on the NBA landscape before all of this stuff happens. So to me, they don't have to win a championship to legitimize it. Yeah, you may have to win a championship because of the talent that you have, but going from being irrelevant or being the second team in the second city or whatever to being the main attraction, to having a team with expectations, you Vinny. That's worth it. Vinny, 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 Vinny and Michael Smith. I, I, I want you That's both my to guy. Uh, answer this question for me. I want, you to, I want you to answer this question for me. Um, you think the Atlanta Falcons are excited about losing the Super Bowl a few years ago? Like, who, who, who cares if you Ain't finish the same number ballpark. two? Ain't the who same cares? league. Ain't who the same cares? sport. I don't care about your franchise profile if you don't come away with the ring. That's why you've made the move. Vacation you made the move for the for ring. You. you didn't make the move. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Stop it. Oh, so now that's what it's all about, huh? With a, a that's different what, perspective. After I, you saw the country. I, no, no, you to come no. Back you thought I'd come back with your perspective. <laughs> you thought I'd come back with your perspective? With the right all perspective. Right. So that's what it's all about. Right. You come back with some doing. common sense. Okay. So common, this ain't common. This is what we're doing. This ain't common. Hey, here's, how, how here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what I'll say. Here's no, what I'll no, say. No, no, stop. Ain't no here's the thing. No, no, stop. Hold on a second. I just want to get you guys both on the record, and then I'll stop. Michael Smith and, and, and Vinny Goodwill, on the record, are you willing to say that if you don't win the championship in the NBA, but you raise the, ch- the franchise profile, if you sell more jerseys, you have more celebrities at your game, then you're successful. That's the definition of success. That's not that's what we're saying, I, right? That's not what that we're saying. That's not what you're saying. You're trying to make a proposition. You're trying to make a zero sum proposition, and it is not. Different right. teams have different levels of expectation on what constitutes success. The Clippers and Nets have no footprint in the history of the NBA. The NBA is going to celebrate its 75th anniversary this year. They're going to have a list of the 75 greatest players. I can guarantee you it won't be a clipper or a net on that list worth a damn. Now, when you add Kawhi Leonard and you add Kevin Durant and these guys actually start doing stuff, it does make your franchise more profitable. I'll give you a perfect example. Since you want to bring up the damn Atlanta Falcons, I am Detroit Lions free. I am not a fan. Bills. I quit. I quit July 27th, 1999. I quit that day and never come back. But they've won one playoff game in 50-something damn years, probably 60 at this point, right? If you tell Lions fan 
you're going to go to the Super Bowl and have a massive collapse. Will you take that or will you be the Detroit Lions that you've been for 50 damn years? I will guarantee you fans from my 60-year-old dad to my 25-year-old brother will say, I will take it because it means we accomplished something. Only one team wins every year. It doesn't make 29 other failures. There's different degrees to success, especially in different sports, especially relative to expectations. You guys are two winners with losing Michael, no, we've, we've had this conversation. We've had multiple iterations of this conversation. It's not even about franchise relevance for me, Michael. I'm saying, and, and I, I would love to leave it here because I don't want to keep spinning our wheels on this because we've already had this conversation. No, no, the reason I'm giving no, you I'm grief done. I'm about, done with it. Go ahead. But the reason yeah. I'm giving you grief about what you said about the Final trade is, yours. is because you, you don't make the trade with the, that, that, the, the trade doesn't guarantee anything is what I'm getting at, okay? It's like you try to put yourself in position to contend for a championship. That's like saying if the Lakers don't win it, then trading for Russell Westbrook was a failure. They thought that it gave them a better opportunity to do it. Whether it turns out that way or not, it still is a worthwhile gamble. And it, it, all of it's a risk. Before the, pre, before the season, and it's on tape. Sorry, Michael, I just got this kind of memory. I remember, I remember the stuff I get right, not the stuff I get wrong, right? Before the season, we went back and forth on whether the Bucks were smart for mortgaging their future for Drew Holiday. How's that look now? Not just because they won it, but they put themselves in position to win it by getting Drew Holiday. And yes, Giannis Antetokounmpo did his thing, a 50-piece in game six, and they won it. It, Okay, that's fine. But at the time, you were saying, I don't know about this gamble because there's too many picks. But okay, regardless. I liked it. I think I liked it. No, I think I liked it. Okay. No, you didn't. I think I liked it. It's It's on on tape. tape. As you said, it's on tape. It's on tape. It's on tape. We can find it. Okay. That's all right. Go ahead. Somewhere. It's, it's on YouTube. Vinny, buried on YouTube. Vinny, um, I would love to know. You're in Vegas right now, right? Unless you've redecorated your house. You're in Vegas, aren't you? Are you still in Vegas? So you've covered still the summer Vegas. league. Uh, you mentioned your Detroit roots. Um, I'd love to know. I mean, listen, I think the Nets have had the best offseason because they kept Kevin Durant, got Patty Mills, and who knows? Maybe they got a bucket getter. I know it's summer league and Cam and Cam Thomas out of LSU late in the first round, but did the did the Pistons win the draft with Kay Cunningham and Luca Garza at 50 at the 52nd pick again? I know it's summer league, but they look like they might have found a diamond in the rough in Luca Garza. I don't know how you know he was a nice player in college. He was a great player in college, but I just wonder in general like who are the summer league standouts that you actually put stock in their performance from which if any Maybe you're, maybe you're one of those people that don't put any stock in Summer League. But what rookies have really showed you that they're the real deal in Summer League? That's a great question. I'm not sure how much stock I put in the Summer League as a whole. Like, you're just checking to see if guys are competent. Like, the top guys, you're just trying to see if the height, weight, the speed, all these other different things. You're just trying to see if these guys can play at an NBA speed. With that said, yeah, a guy like Kate Cunningham has been as advertised. A guy like Luka Garza who's a like a human lighter than what he was when he was at Iowa, basically losing 30 plus pounds. And you're looking at him and saying, okay, maybe he can finish inside. Maybe he can be a productive NBA player. It's again, relative to expectations, a late second round pick, anything you're going to get out of that traditionally is going to be gravy. I'll say a team that's sort of impressed me a little bit. And I was on the back end of this, you know, a couple weeks ago after the draft was the Golden State Warriors. I was not a fan of them 
keeping their draft picks and not mortgaging everything to go in on everything with Steph and Clay and all those guys to maximize the the prime that they had left. They're trying to thread a very, very fine needle with playing with the past, playing with the present, and playing with the future. And with Kaminga and Moody, those guys look like they can come in and play Diff, you know, not maybe not meaningful roles immediately, but it won't take them long to actually get to a place where they can help out the vets, where you can put them on the floor and you don't have to worry about having to babysit them. So if the Golden State Warriors come in with two competent players, in addition to James Wiseman, in addition to everything else that they got going, regardless of whether they do or don't make a move for Ben Simmons in the meantime, I think this has shown to be a net positive, at least in the meantime. So a Golden State Warriors team that I was not very high on after the draft has shown themselves to be a little bit more competent than what I thought they were this time, maybe two or three weeks ago. I like it. All right. Can we, can we get a money? Can we get a money jar for the 21 22 season? And if we go over 10 references, this is between both of you guys. If we go over 10 references and we talk about the nets and we talk about the Lakers, if healthy dot, 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 can we keep that under 10? Like I'm so tired of hearing about the hey, hey the next one hey if Oof. they can say if 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 they stay healthy uh, the Lakers hey if they're healthy can we just say that neither one of them are going to be healthy they're not going to be healthy that's a, that, it's like a it's like a silly how do you know that it's a silly game we play uh, uh, how do we know that um, because they're they're an older both of them are older especially the Lakers they're an older team they're not going to be health they got to be 100 percent healthy that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, there's my evidence there. And then uh, with the with the Nets, Kyrie Irving is rarely healthy. Kevin Durant uh, got got a birthday coming next week, Mike. Not 42 like you, but he's getting up there. Uh, it, it, you know, health is going to be an issue for him. Health is always is, is lately an issue for James Harden. Let's just leave if if healthy out of it. But it is. But uh, it was in the playoffs last year, right? Hamstring. Was the hamstring an issue or no? Was, was health an issue for Kyrie or no? Continue. Continue. Go ahead. Are you, are you telling yeah, me where, where are you going with this? Is health not an issue for Kyrie? This is where I just want to throw that out. Where are you going with uh, this? Question. Proceed, counsel. That, that's where I'm going. That's just what I want to say. I want to say that, but that my question for uh, the, the honorable writer, Mr. Goodwill, is this. Do you think the, not, the top five has changed in the NBA? Individual players, and especially at number one, with, with what we saw from Giannis in the NBA Finals, incredible. Are you willing to say that Giannis has overtaken Durant and, and LeBron as the as number one player in the league, or is it too early for that? I am of the mind that what I saw in the playoffs from Kevin Durant cemented him with y'all as him being the best player in basketball. Once again, Michael Holly, and you may have a short memory, and I may be insane. I believe Kevin Durant has been the best player in basketball for quite a long time. We just did not want to give him a title. We as a basketball community, not me, but we as a basketball community, did not want to give him his flowers because he went to Golden State and all the drama and everything else. But he's been largely the best player in the game for the past X amount of years. Giannis is challenging him. I think it's more or less an apples to oranges thing. I don't think it's, you know, a zero-sum proposition. But for me and my money, I would say Kevin Durant, by a slim margin, by a slim margin, is the best player in basketball 
a little bit over Giannis. And then behind it, you got the Lucas, you got LeBron, depending on, you know, if he's right, if he's healthy and everything else. Like, then there's everybody else behind that. But I think the undisputed one and two, Tyson Holyfield, that is Giannis and that is KD. You know what I love about Giannis and, and what he did uh, in our absence was my man gave us an all-time great block, an all-time great alley, a 50-piece in game six to close out, and he gave us some wisdom. You know, looking ahead, looking at the past is pride, looking at the future is ego, standing the present is humility. I'm like, damn! I'm like just dropping knowledge uh, at his press conferences. He was incredible, but last thing, and Mike, yeah. I, I love that. Uh, well, actually, not last thing. We'll see if we can sneak a couple quick things in there. Um, I got one more after this one, Vinny, so we're going to try to speed it up a little bit. I just wonder on your Kevin Durant point real quick. When we last left, there was all kinds of panic about Team USA. Only for it to end up with people maybe call it Kevin Durant, perhaps the greatest member of, in Team USA history uh, in terms of basketball. What, if anything, did another gold medal uh, do for Kevin Durant's reputation or his standing? And, you know, maybe nothing. Just curious. If, if that if, if, if his uh, you know credibility for lack of a better phrase went up even more with the way he led Team USA through some adversity to another gold medal. I don't think it increases profile at all. Unfortunately, Team USA is at the point that it's only newsworthy if they lose. And because they didn't lose a yeah. game of note in this, I don't think anybody's necessarily going to be feeling better about Kevin Durant because he did what was expected of him in yet another Olympics. And he quite as kept, he could have been on that 2018, even as after his rookie season uh, in Seattle. But I don't think that this has done too much for him. I think whatever opinion you have of Kevin Durant, you had it before the Olympics. You have it after the Olympics. You're going to have it going into this yeah. season. You're going to have it going into the postseason. I don't think there's anything, if there's one player who can't do anything to change anybody's mind of what they think of him, regardless of the accomplishments of the game of or whomever he may beat or lose to, I think it's Kevin Durant. I think, unfortunately, he's in that spot where people are rock solid in their corners about how they feel about him. Even know. more so, even more than LeBron James, people are more black and white. I think Kevin Durant has probably overtaken him in terms of being polarizing in terms of the basketball public. I think, I think, I think that game, what was that game? Was that game four? I think that game four um, might have, uh, might have got some people uh, off of him because he, because he showed that he could, you know, do it on his own, at least in that one game. Hey, real quick, before we let five. you go. And it's a quick, yeah, it's a, it was game five. Was it five? It was game five. Yeah. yeah game five. Thank you. Game, game five. five. Huge. Um, yep. Real quick before we let you go, and I'm sure this won't be the last time we talk to you this week, but I just wonder what is the most, as a reporter, as an insider, what is the biggest outstanding issue in the NBA right now? Is it Damian Lillard? Is it Ben Simmons? Is it something else? Biggest outstanding issue that you're tracking right now in the NBA? It would have to be Ben Simmons because I don't think Damian Lillard is going anywhere anytime soon. Even if all the flare signals are there, I think Damian Lillard pretty much looks like a guy that's going to start the season in Portland and sort of and give it an honest try. Like we we don't question his basketball integrity, right? We don't question his competitiveness. We don't question his commitment. Ben Simmons, on the other hand, we're talking about someone who has you know issues on the floor, from playing for a team that has a coach and a basketball executive that haven't necessarily dealt well in the people business. Doc Rivers, Daryl Morey. Doc Rivers has had issues with players like Paul George in the past, and clearly. 
He has some issues with Ben Simmons right now. Daryl Morey, we know, has not been the guy that factors in and values the human connection in terms of making personnel moves. So to me, Ben Simmons can't walk into Philadelphia training camp a month from now. And yes, training camp starts like a month from now. There's no offseason in, in this anymore. But if he does, it's going to be some uncomfortable conversations that I don't think anybody really, really wants to have. So Ben Simmons has to get moved. In my opinion, he has to get moved. Otherwise, it's just going to be a really uncomfortable situation in Philadelphia. And y'all know that Philly fans are also patient with uncomfortable situations with their sports teams. <laughs> right. Hey, let's continue this conversation later Good this stuff, week, all right? You around? Absolutely, absolutely. No, as long as long as we're not talking about meet me at the altar in your white dress, we good this week. <laughs> you got it. Hey, you know where the key <laughs> is. You know the alarm code. Come in, come in whenever you're ready. We'll talk to you later, bro. That's good. I right, see y'all. All right, Vinny. All right, man. Um, that flew by. I, I feel I feel pretty tired. caught up. I feel pretty caught up. I think. I think yeah, we did a decent job of, of balancing like looking ahead but looking back. We didn't I didn't want to go I didn't want to bore people like don't nobody care what we think about the Olympics from several weeks ago or the, you know what I mean? No, I don't, don't be so sure. Into, don't be I liked so your sure. question on no. the on the finals. No, but I liked your question on the finals. Like we didn't break down game five and six as much as you were like, hey, the pantheon of NBA players, that was more in the present and more forward thinking. So I, that's what I kinda wanted to strike that balance, you know what I mean? I, I just, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I got to tell you, I, I thought it was a great show, and you'd be surprised. You should be surprised what people want to hear from you. Like, even though it's the event has passed, people want to know your opinion on certain things. That's why they come hang out with us. They want to know what we think, even though, uh, hey, we're past the Olympics, we're past the NBA finals, and, and those sorts of things. Let me just tell you, though, just being real with you, I'm so tired of y'all. <laughs> I'm just so tired of y'all, you know? <laughs> I, I just y'all as in me I and just, Vinny or just like y'all you people who you talking about? Yeah, wait you Vinny and people like you who will continue to make excuses for teams that don't win championships. It's just somebody excuses. made an excuse. Hey, who made an is, excuse? Hey, you know, it was a word. Hey, it was a worthy. It was a worthy effort. It, you went you tried for it. You did you put yourself in a position to win. You know what? I, I gotta tell you and this is my thing. It's my issue. It's my issue. You know what I don't do Mike? This is just something for me. I, I, I get turned off by this uh, e- even on resumes and sometimes people on their resumes they put uh-huh. Emmy nominee. I was nominated for an Emmy. <laughs> I never put that down. I don't put that down. I don't care if you an Emmy not did you win it? Well, well, were, well, were you, you nominated for it? I've been it? nominated for an Emmy. I ain't bragging about you it. Being been? nominated for an Emmy. I've been nominated for one. Like a real Emmy? I've won one. Okay. A real Emmy. I've won one Emmy. Yeah. And that's all I talk about. Like Emmy nominations, I don't care. Like, okay. So what? Who won it? I was nominated oh for one. Hey, Pulitzer Prize. Pulitzer Prize. Pulitzer Prize finalist. I don't want to hear about it. Did you win it? You NBA championship participant. Worst. Don't want to hear it. You are the it. worst kind uh, of maybe. person. You are the worst kind maybe. of fan. Maybe. You are the so problem with what? fans in general. Yes, I you am. You are why if you don't win a ring, yes. you ain't bleep. You are the, that mentality. No. Like, like, 
Only one no, no, team no, no. can win. No. Nobody's making their no, reasons no, and I'm excuses. Not Notice the difference in the words. And nobody's making don't bring excuses it as much as we're observing no, no, what no. actually happened. I'm not one you, of those on people. the other hand. I'm not one of those people. No, Ricky I'm not. Bobby out here. I, this way. You are. This you just said it. it. Like, this like, it. Like, no, I don't no, care no. if you were Emmy nominated. If you were Oscar nominated, like. No, now here's the distinction. Here's the distinction. You want to talk about Charles Barkley and Carl Malone, and we're just talking about them balling. Yes, but but then when you set when you, but then when you start to say, well, at least they made it to the NBA Finals, then that's where I just that's where I lose my stuff. Don't bring it up. Oh, don't start none. It won't be none. That's not what I'm saying. Don't start none. Won't be none. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. All I'm doing is talking about. Honestly, all I was doing was talking about how many times you were wrong. That's all I was really doing. So okay. I don't know. Where, I don't know how we got on well, this. You anyway. keep. You keep counting. You keep counting. I'll see you tomorrow. Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.